Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. Hey everyone, Peter here. Just letting you know this is actually the second part of a two-parter on body image and dieting and self-esteem and all that kind of jazz. So if that kind of topic makes you uncomfortable, this is probably not the episode for you. And if you missed last week's, I'd recommend listening to that one first. Enjoy. So just to say, we just interrupted there so Peter could go pee. In that time, got myself a glass of water, ate a lint chocolate, checked my Instagram and got three ads to lose weight. Like, <laughs> like because now I've started doing yoga on YouTube, every now and then I go into a little Instagram hole and look at people like Ashy Bynes and critique what it is that they are creating. Ashy Bynes is like a big Australian Fitzbo blogger. She's like probably very wealthy now. Anyway, now I get like so many diet ads and so many Fitzbo ads. What is Fitzbo? Well Fitzbo I suppose is Fitspiration, but ads for like body boss workout. Yeah. And all this workout stuff. So as <laughs> soon as I go into my Instagram I get back all of that shit. Yeah, yeah, I find it really difficult because it's been going on for a really long time. I assume that you didn't have this experience at all, but when I was in high school, girls would trade ideas about how to avoid eating for long periods of time. No, I, I was not part of that subculture at all. Well, I imagine it's a gendered thing. Oh, I, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's really sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. I have such a fraught relationship with some of those periods of my life because, and this is going to sound terrible. In fact, so terrible, I'm not even sure that I should say it out loud. But sometimes I dismiss it like it didn't really happen because no one was ever worried enough about me. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Like I didn't get thin enough for people to worry and that feels like I failed Ugh. like you know like I, I understand the thought process yeah like the thought process makes sense and that's part of why I haven't kind of talked about it with therapists and stuff because okay th th there's a challenge for you in your next therapy session bring up the fact that you've never spoken about your relationship with food and talk about it I think I have mentioned it actually like I have mentioned the fact that I've never talked about it yeah to someone that I'm seeing currently. A therapist, not like a... <laughs> but we didn't talk about it. We didn't go back and talk about it. I just mentioned that I've never talked about it. it. What I find interesting now is that now, like, I'm definitely in the world of, like, you know, self-acceptance and self-love and... Body positivity and... Body positivity and, and I I think that that shit is great. And then sometimes I feel like self-acceptance is a new way of hating yourself. So when I feel bad about my body, now I feel like I can't even like my body well enough. You're no longer failing at getting the ideal body that the mainstream media wants you to get. You're failing at liking your current body. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's such a mess. <laughs> yeah. I feel, like, I feel like my relationship with food and my body and 
how I look is just such a mess. Yeah. I want to not have as many experiences as I can have in life, but I want to have a very wide range of experiences before I die. And one thing I would like to experience is having like... A six pack. A six pack. Like that's super interesting to me. I feel like a bit of a failure in terms of my body because I feel like I am such a stereotypical late 20s self-employed dude who sits at home all day and has gotten chubby. And I like to hold myself to a higher standard. For much of 2016, for like a good four, five, maybe six months, I went to the gym three or four times a week. Mm. And I lost a bunch of weight in that time and I was fairly healthy. And then I moved, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but my big weakness is inertia. Yeah. On my to-do list yesterday was literally just like Google a gym and find it. And it will take me a week to do that. And then once I've found that gym, I will spend a week making a call to them. And then I'll spend a week going in and not even doing a workout, but just walking to the gym, looking at it and walking home. And that is the process by which I will go back to the gym. That's such a tender process. Yeah, it's because inertia is, is like my, my ultimate enemy. Like if I'm doing something regularly, I will keep on doing it. And right now I am really, really regularly not going to the gym. <laughs> I don't go to the gym on a daily basis. I'm really good at that pattern. And so breaking myself out of that pattern is going to be a difficult process. One thing I miss about going to the gym is I listen to so many podcasts at the gym. Going to the gym and, and driving are the two times I listen to podcasts. So I just haven't listened to anything since my accident. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to any podcast in like the last five months because my brain's just been too full. I've been like, I don't want to put anything else in it. One thing that I would like, again, this is all stuff that I'd like to do before I die is do the diet that brought Chris Pratt from like Parks and Rec Chris Pratt to Guardians of the Galaxy Chris Pratt because it's such a simple and interesting diet which is just like it's just simple carbohydrates like rice and chicken with no fat and no like skin or anything like that and then just go into the gym like six days a week. Wow. Can you imagine me buff? <laughs> no comment. I, I can't. Like, I genuinely can't and so that, that to me is a super I interesting I felt like I, I couldn't say I can't. I mean I what I picture is a picture of Chris Pratt with your face on it. <laughs> That's that like how far I get. I want to do that not only just for the experience of getting fit, which I find interesting, but also just to see how it changes how people perceive me and interact with me. I had a friend who went from being not fit to being very fit and buff. And he said that the weirdest transition for him was that people found his jokes funnier. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Jesus. This is in some ways a weird response to your comment of like, I don't like my body. Me being like, I want to try to get really fit, but I want to try getting really fit and just see how that changes the way that people behave around me. Well, the other thing is I notice that I act completely differently when I'm actively losing weight. It doesn't even matter what I look like, but I get really into it when I am losing weight. So it doesn't matter what weight I'm at, just the process of, of being in it means that I... I act totally differently, not totally differently. I move through the world with more confidence. Yeah. And that's why I would get like obsessed with it because it's the process of losing the weight that was fun. The process of keeping it off was just t terrible. Yeah. There's no fun in that. Yeah. That's just work. Um, there's, there's no progress. <laughs> progress is addictive. Exactly. I saw this artwork a while ago. It must have been a couple of years ago where, okay, so they had two people and they had like a GoPro on their head and then they had like a kind of like a VR headset on their face over their eyes. And what the other person saw was projected into the other person's eye mask. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you switch perspectives. Yeah. So you switch perspectives with another person. 
And I think they did it with gender. And what they did, it was a performance piece, and what they did was they did the exact same movements as the other person. Yeah. So it felt like, or it looked like you were touching your own body because you saw hands moving in the way that you felt was happening. And I was always like, man, I wish that I could do that with someone. Oh, this is sad. I wish that I could do that with someone who was really... Really black? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like really black. No, with someone... <laughs> really? I wasn't right? <laughs> yeah, really not that. I mean, now I think about it differently. I'd like to do that experience with a lot of different people with a lot of different type of bodies. Yeah. But I remember for a long time feeling like, oh, fuck, I wish I could do that experience with, like, someone who, like, had the... See, like, this is the bit where the self-love stuff becomes, like, a new way of feeling bad about yourself. Yeah. Like. It's okay. Like. Every tear is a calorie leaving your body. Embarrassed and ashamed and bad that this is a thing that I want to experience, even though I absolutely know that this is kind of cultural conditioning to have this kind of affinity for a certain type of body. The fact that I want to do this experience and I would like to know kind of what it was like to have the body that I've, of the kinds of people that I would pin up all over my wall as a teenager. Yeah. And that. I'd pine over it. And now I look at that images and I just feel like I feel sorry for my previous self. But I still have an element of me that wants to experience that. And, you know, like I feel bad, particularly I think because I, I do stuff in public and I'd like to feel like I have some wisdom to share around body positivity and acceptance. but. Particularly lately, the last bunch of months, like, I don't. Can I paraphrase? Yes. Shit's complicated. <laughs> yeah, shit is complicated. And I, <laughs> I don't, I do not have it worked out. It's still something I struggle with. Something that I discussed with Alice in episode 53 was this, this voice that is in the back of people's head being like, you're crap, you're crap. I have that voice. I'm just aware that it's obviously full of shit. I'm, I'm like <laughs> intellectually aware that everyone has that voice. And if everyone has that voice, it's obviously not based in reality at all. It's just a part of being a human. There's not a criticism. I'm getting to another point. Uh, but like I have this voice being like, you're crap. And I'm like, well, yeah, everyone has that voice. That's obviously not worth paying attention to. And that's where a lot of my self-confidence come from. 
I'm able to separate yeah. this voice and the fact that I know that it's not based in anything resembling reality. There's a, a couple of girls who I, I send pictures back and forth with on Facebook. Uh, I think they're both very attractive. They went to lunch the other day and they texted me. Wait on, with each other? Yeah, with each other. They're friends. That's really cute. And they sent me a message being like, we were just chatting about the fact that you're probably trolling us. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you know, you're saying that we're both attractive and it's all some big joke. Ow. And it really made me aware of how impenetrable low self-esteem is. There are no words that I can say to people with low self-esteem that will make them feel better about themselves because it obviously has to come from within, etc. It's so funny that when you say low self-esteem, I don't even like that word because low self-esteem is something that a person has, right? Whereas I think that... Poor self-image? No, no, it's just like it's culturally created. Does that make sense? Like low self-esteem sounds like something that someone owns and is at fault for. I don't think that that's how you're saying it. I just mean... I'm, I'm using words by their definition to mean yeah, <laughs> what, what I know, the masses I know. understand them to mean. <laughs> I, like, I'm, just, I'm just reflecting that I don't even like that word. Low? Yeah, I hate the word low. It's that sweet and low stuff. Very, very traumatic experience. <laughs> that song as a child. from the early thousands, just like despise it. Low, 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 low. Yeah, terrible experience with that song. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. It's, it's okay. just funny. Like I, I think of it as it's I like, guarantee there is no one listening, being like, "How dare SJ interrupt one of Peter's <laughs> points to make one of her points? That is not what we listen to this show for. Let Peter talk and do not interrupt him." <laughs> It has been almost exclusively me talking this whole episode. So, well, it's it's been odd for me because I have a less interesting take on this because I have that disconnection from I want to say ego, but that's obviously not true. <laughs> like my contribution to this conversation has been like I'm on a diet because I'm a bit heavy at the moment, and someday <laughs> I want to have a Chris Pratt body. And you are like, <laughs> I have this really interesting complex relationship. So, like again, no one is objecting to the fact that this conversation has been mostly you. <laughs> The point I'm getting to, and this is nothing new, is just that I am so surprised because I, and I'm not like, okay, I'm a very, very brutally honest person. Yeah. You've experienced this from the podcast. You've experienced this from blah, blah, blah. When I tell you that I think you are one of the most attractive people on this planet, that is not me blowing smoke up your ass. That is me actually being genuine. I mean, you have a bit of a misunderstanding about how many people are on the planet. <laughs> you know, like, it's more than 150 people. Just to say. Uh, as someone who's seen a lot of porn. <laughs> and a bit of me naked. And a little bit of you naked. I really think you're that attractive. And, like, it wouldn't be great if your self-esteem was based on my words, but it's just so interesting to me that my words have no effect. Well, I mean, there's there's, like, multiple truths here. Like... I have a bank of feedback that I've received from different people, which says, yes, people find me attractive. That's definitely a thing that happens a bunch. And then you have a little imposter syndrome demon <laughs> being like, why do you know so many people who are just wrong? That's weird. <laughs> what are the odds that you would meet all these people who are just factually incorrect? Well, I suppose there's this thing of like, how did I manage upon so many people who happen to find me attractive? <laughs> <laughs> anyway like from that bank of a bunch of different people saying those things I'm aware that definitely 
I'm attractive by a certain set of standards. Does that make sense? Like, I know I love how, that, mate, you have to modulate it. I know. I can't, I can't even say, like, I know that. Like, I kind of know that I'm attractive, if that makes sense. But I also... Okay, say that again, but without kind of. I know that I'm attractive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, try it once more without the silly voice. <laughs> I know based on people's feedback. No, 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 no. We're going to get this. Damn it. It's going to be a two-hour podcast. <laughs> I know. No, see, again, like. This is like you trying to say that you love me <laughs> on air. I can't. I think I was talking. I don't know if I was talking to you about this, but I was talking to someone about how, like, I think that it must have been you that I know that I take good selfies. But I think that when people meet me, they're disappointed. But then I also have this bank of people who've had sex with me who say that I'm attractive. And I'm like, yeah, so probably I'm attractive. By the way, people people who haven't had sex with SJ, literally she has a bank of people. It's sort of terrifying. (laughs) But she has pretty good taste, so it's kind of a fun place to hang out. (laughs) So, yeah, I know that I'm attractive. Nice. Nailed it. Don't say but. Okay, I'm just... Not saying things. All right. But I also know. <laughs> no, genuinely, that's what I was going to say after that. I know, statement. I know. I, just, I said, <laughs> don't say but, and you immediately followed it with but. <laughs> and I also know that I don't kind of believe that. Or maybe it's more complicated than that. Like, I know things like if I looked a particular way, I'd probably be more successful. If I looked a particular way, more people would talk to me at parties. These are true and inescapable and utterly irrelevant facts. They're true and inescapable, and I know that they're true, and also I don't want to buy into them, right? But you shouldn't. Yeah, they're, they're useless. They're useless facts. Yeah, I know, but like these are things If you had a third I... arm, you would probably have several books published by now. <laughs> Not true. Yeah, I think if, if you were a human with three arms and you wanted to write books, people would read that book. Okay, sure. All right. If you were 18 foot tall. <laughs> Again, yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, Written several books. These are all absolutely true facts that are just useless in everyday life. But I used to live my life by these things. So to me, they are like really inescapable. I've, I've never denied that they're inescapable. Yeah. I think that's why I have such a difficult relationship with dieting because whenever I even move towards doing something like that, it's like a psychodrama in my head of working out why I'm actually doing the thing and then being like, oh, this happened or my body looks a bit like this or this thing. I feel good about that. Oh, I, maybe I shouldn't feel good. I should be appreciating the fact that I can do the splits rather than that I weigh less or you know what I mean? It becomes really complicated to the point that I just don't engage with it, actually. I used to go really hardcore with the dieting, so I just don't do that. You're in AA. And you don't want to touch a drop in case you relapse. Yeah, I'm actually terrified of going back there. That makes sense. And there's no obligation to either. This episode is not me being like, SJ, I want to tell you in front of everyone that you need to go on a diet. <laughs> it's okay. I'm telling myself that every day. And then I'm being like, go oh, don't away, do that. Brain. That's so mean. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. And it's funny because usually I wouldn't say something like this on the podcast. These are two things in a row that I normally wouldn't say on the podcast, which is one, my partner, Corin, over the last few months has been working out more and his body has changed. Yeah. And so now he's like more muscly and he's really hot. I 
actually. I, I used to you're into it. I'm into it's it. It's okay to be attracted to what you're attracted to. That is an okay <laughs> thing. I really like big boobs. I'm 100% at peace with that. <laughs> I didn't used to be. For a long time, I felt really guilty and like stereotypical, but now I'm just like, you oh, know, like, like, you, I, like maybe you weren't a good feminist. Yeah, genuinely. And then I wrote porn for yeah. four years and I was like, fuck it. You know what? People are into what they're into. I really, really like boobs. <laughs> well, okay. I find this attractive, but the <laughs> Your more weird buff... fetish of buff men. <laughs> buff men. But the more buff he gets, the more self-conscious I get. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Relatively. And so particularly like when we're going to parties and stuff and he's, I think it's related, but he's a bit more rambunctious now at parties and will like take his stuff off yeah like take his shirt off which is like which is not an anomaly for the friendship group if that makes sense it's not like who's the weird guy without his shirt on it's like okay there's like a heap of people without their shirt on it's not a group of bankers being like oh god corin's doing it again got his stuff off and i get so in my head about it of like at the same time this is really fun and funny and hilarious and entertaining like we went to this party one of my great friends birthday party a little while ago and we both got kind of drunk i think he took his shirt off or at least he was wearing a onesie so he could just like take it down <laughs> he was really really hot but he was wearing a skin I know, you've mentioned how hot he is no it's like <laughs> anyway and so he took his shirt down and then genuine their song pony came on which is that you want it let's do it Riding my pony. Yeah. And I am familiar with the works of Genuine. That song, <laughs> that's actually the song that I did a cover of for my audition for The Voice uh, a while ago. Anyway, they liked it enough. I got through the first round. Um, that song is very famously in Magic Mike. I am familiar with the works of Channing Tatum. <laughs> and I was like, Karen, Magic Mike, Magic Mike. <laughs> And so he, like, went full kind of Magic Mike, was, like, humping the floor and, like, dancing all over me and picked me up and swung me around. And we were kind of drunk. I almost hit my head on the concrete. It was kind of ridiculous and so fun. And it was hilarious. And also there was this element of me that was really self-conscious. Like, are people looking at this and being like, that guy's really attractive. Why is he going out with her? I don't Which think is, anyone was thinking that. I did, like when I think about it, I'm like probably no one was thinking about that. Definitely no one was thinking that. No one at the party was a bit of an asshole. But anyway, that's, that's also you're very attractive. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. I'm like I'm just saying that's what my my brain automatically goes to those thoughts. And I'm like yeah. fuck you brain. Like how is that helpful? Anyway, and then like, he'll get attention from, you know, like, ladies at the party who are like, hey, where's the toilets? And also, let me put my hands on you. And I get, like, jealous and weird and I'm like, no one's doing that to me. And then I'm like, it's probably because everyone here is kind of feminist. And, you know, <laughs> like, I go into this whole story about how, like, actually guys doing that to women in this kind of community is not really that normal. Whereas empowered women touching men is actually more normal in. So if, if you're listening, just to be clear, SJ is asking, if you ever meet her, she wants to be sexually harassed by you. That's all she wants. <laughs> Please don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have that happen. There's that experience. And then at the same party where I'm like, oh, no one, like, you know, Corin got a few people's numbers and no one came up to me. And one, at the same time, I had like a bunch of people be like, hey, 
I just want to tell you, I love your work. I had someone <laughs> come up to me and say like, oh my God, Anna Eastley, you're a celebrity. And I was like, super weird. That's I'm not a celebrity. You're like, don't treat me like a celebrity. <laughs> treat me like a piece of meat for you to ogle. That's all I want. Please, guys, get your priorities straight. I am just a body. I don't want you to want my mind. I want you to want my tits. Ian, my friend told me the other day that someone said... <laughs> no disagreement. Exactly. No disagreement. No, absolutely. My friend told me the other day... My, so my friend whose party it was told me the other day that someone had said like, oh my God, at your party, did you know Anna Eastley was there? She's like, amazing. And I'm just like, wow, it's so funny that there can be these two stories going on. Simultaneously. Yeah. You were at a party feeling unattractive while literally at the same time... There were people being like, this is a story worth telling. I'm standing in the same room as Honor Eastley. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? And particularly lately, I've been like, when I was young, (laughs) I used to think that being famous would solve all my problems. I don't consider myself famous, but previously people wouldn't go to parties and see me there and be like, oh my God, did you see that person was there? So that is new to me. And it solves all your problems. It solves literally none of my problems. <laughs> Not one of them. I thought that if that happened, I would feel attractive and amazing and on top of the fucking world. And there's definitely an element where I do feel that. It's kind of surreal and I have a lot of imposter syndrome about it. And I'm like, yeah, you don't really like me. You just like this idea of me that's not even real and whatever. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. But you would think that I would... It just... It's just amazing to me that all that other stuff is just still also there. Like it makes common sense that it would still be there. Yeah. But I remember talking to a great friend of mine who said she thought that as she got older and her body would change, that it would be different because once she was older, she would be okay with her body. Yeah. And she realized as she got older that that process didn't happen she just had anxieties about her body as it changed. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, now I'm just anxious about my body in a different way. That's exciting. I've not become fully enlightened in my age. I've just gained new anxieties. Yeah. <sighs> my parents are very interesting and very different people in their approach to life, which is that my mum is basically the ultimate pessimist in that she's always like, look, the world is going to end pretty soon. Like, not literally, she's not a a doomsayer, but she's like, we could go bankrupt at any moment. At any moment, we could lose everything and be out on the streets and destitute. And so she sort of obsessively saves. My dad is always like, tomorrow, we're going to be millionaires. I've told you the story, I think, before, that when I was a kid, my dad didn't teach me how to clean the house. What? Because he was like... He didn't teach you how to clean the house because he thought you'd be so wealthy you wouldn't need to clean your own house? Exactly. He thought, like, by the time I was 18 or 20, I'd be so rich, I'd be able to just pay someone to clean it for me. Wow. So there's a whole, like, bevy of life skills that I just never learned because I can see the the cogs turning in your head and being like, maybe we've solved the mystery of Peter's ridiculous (laughs) self-esteem. And so as a result, my dad was always the ultimate optimist. And thus, because we were going to be wealthy any minute now, we'd just spend every cent he got and never save. And so my parents are this weird, like, contradiction of each other. In a way, that kind of worked kind of well together, but also resulted in a lot of arguments. 
we're kind of the same as that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. I'm, I'm your mom. <laughs> well, you're not actually my mom. Let's let's just make that clear now. <laughs> I want the birth certificates, okay? I'm not going to say anything until I've seen it. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm going I'm to do the ultimate privileged complaint. It's kind of hard being a guy because the relationship with women's bodies is complex and nuanced and no one's quite sure what you can and can't do. Yeah. And yeah. I'm aware that I have incredible privilege in a lot of other ways. I'm very happy with that privilege. Don't want to trade it. But there is still definitely... Wow, don't want to trade it. I've never heard someone say something like that. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, just say, it's mine. Stay away. Oh, I'm saying like if I was given the option, I would absolutely be a guy. It's amazing. Yeah. Every yeah. part of it is just the best. But occasionally there are slight complexities. <laughs> it just reminds me of the Bo Burnham song called Straight White Man where it's like... The gays want rights, the blacks want not to be called the blacks. And then he has this bit where he says, and you can't have it, you're being greedy and you know it. I don't want to share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I don't want to share. I don't, think that saying, that's what, <laughs> I don't think that that's what you're saying. I'm saying the way to treat a woman is a bit of a minefield, especially with like dating and flirting and stuff like that because the line between objectifying and... Flirting is really hard to straddle. It genuinely, absolutely is. You don't want to be the sleazy guy who's hitting on someone, but also you don't want to not hit on people who want to be hit on. And if you're bad at reading people, which I generally am pretty bad at reading people unless they're being particularly obvious, it's hard to work out how to do that. So you're talking about like going to this party and Corin being hit on by girls and you sitting in the corner. <laughs> I was crying into a bucket. Crying I didn't have any tissues, but I needed to save the tears. <laughs> You don't want to be the creepy guy who's walked up to someone they didn't know and started making them feel like a sex object, but you also want to flirt with them. And I think it's a tricky line to balance. I don't have a solution. I don't have any wisdom on that front. It's just, it is actually pretty hard. And it's interesting to hear you talk about it from that perspective. Yeah. So before we do an outro, I have one story, very short. Yeah. One other thing that I thought was really cute that I thought that people might want to know about is that... I sent you a selfie the other day of me in my bathers being like, hey, I'm self-conscious, but do I look okay? <laughs> Just keep in mind I'm self-conscious <laughs> right now. I think I've gained weight, but I have no idea really. And I felt kind of funny about it because you're my ex and that's not really something that we do that much. I would be all in favor of you sending me like, <laughs> I mean, on, on two or three different levels here. First of all, I love you and I love seeing your face. So like every time you send me a selfie, I'm delighted. That's why quite often when I do favors for you, I will get payments in cute selfies because I just love it. I love you. I love you being in my life and I want to see you. Secondly, I think you're very attractive. And if you wanted to send me more cheesecakey kind of shots, my God, would I be in favor of that? What's a cheesecakey shot? Is that like cute girl with boobs? Yeah, basically. Uh, I, I typed in cheesecake shot and it turns out that's a type of drink as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh really i was thinking of a photo of a cheesecake <laughs> uh pin up pin up is another word for it oh okay sure pin up has a different connotation so i'm not saying hey go buy an expensive car and drape yourself over it <laughs> i like the idea that i could also be converted into a sheet that could be draped <laughs> i enjoy your body i don't know how to say this without sounding creepy so i'm just gonna run with it <laughs> 
if you wanted to send me photos of your body, I would be in favor of that. Like that wouldn't affect for my end, my relationship with you. And so like, if you want to send me nudes, I would be 100% in favor of that. I suspect you don't, but that would not bother me. And then thirdly, like in terms of validation stuff, I am very expressive. I used to write erotica, so I'm able to describe things that I like in lots of terms. If that's helpful for your self-esteem, send me photos and ask me what I think. and I will answer honestly and possibly in a way that's helpful. Yeah, I don't want to send you nudes. <laughs> See, this is, this is what I'm talking about of like, it's difficult for me particularly to straddle that line between frank and creepy. It's okay. I don't, I, I don't think that that's creepy. I mean, this conversation I don't find is creepy. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm very glad that I didn't. I, I managed to straddle that line effectively. I was just sort of kind of making a joke. Right. But I, I genuinely also don't want to send you nudes. <laughs> <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> Hilarious joke. The joke is the, the joke truth. is that you don't want to send me nudes, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not ironic or anything. I don't <laughs> want to send you nudes. <laughs> but I just thought it was kind of cute, you know, like a cute moment of the level of comfortableness that we're at. Yeah, and that you know, like I don't know if I've done that with an ex before, where I've genuinely not wanted something sexual or romantic from them. Yeah. From my memory, it's not something that I've done. <laughs> it wasn't you trying to get back together with me, like scoping it out. Yeah. It's also not something that I really do with my friends. Like sometimes I send my friends like selfies being like, hey, I'm wearing this outfit to this party. And they're like, you look great. But never anything about my body. Like I'm not like do I look good in this bathing suit? Because, like, bathing suit is a minefield. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. Am I a celebrity in Melbourne? I don't know. <laughs> I'm definitely not a celebrity in Toronto, but you've, you like, a few times there you've mentioned the fact that people recognize you and they're like, oh, that's Anna Eastley, and, like, she was at this party. That's cool. I know I'm not as famous as you, but am I? I'm just curious. I've never thought about that before. Like, where am I on that? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. You'd have to walk around with me and then I could assess. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to do that. I could say, no, that is more or less people who have recognized <laughs> you. It would definitely be more recognizing you. I'm just curious as to whether I'm at all recognized or whether you're more famous for your extra podcast activities. Well, I put a bunch of pictures of my face online. I'm doing a selfie every day this year. This is true. But do you have a public Facebook page? No. I mean, I have a public Facebook profile. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have like a, an Instagram and stuff? I have an Instagram, Peter C. Haywood. You should follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm putting my selfies this year. I was going to say, I think I do, but I haven't seen any of your selfies. So I haven't started yet. I'm going to do that tonight. <laughs> okay, sure. I just earlier today realized that's the best way to distribute them because I can have that cross post everywhere. Oh yeah, totally. You can just have a cross post. Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> cool i was just wondering we have an outro this week from jackie Woo! thanks for listening to being honest with my ex if you've enjoyed the podcast subscribe to us on itunes leave a review and tell your friends i see myself as a hybrid of peter-esque pragmatism and sensitive sympathetic sj so you guys are basically my favorite podcast parents <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i've become a parent the bmx bandits are our podcast babies don't ever say that again. Also, like, isn't oh, just what? such a pleasant 
Australian accent. That was an Australian accent, right? I was like, or yes, it could that was be a very Australian soft accent. Kiwi accent. Okay, okay. You know, I don't have a very Australian accent. I don't even know what kind of accent you have, Peter. I think it's Australian. I have an Australian accent. You have an Australian accent with occasional American R's? Yeah, for sure. As evidenced by that <laughs> sentence. But no, Jackie has a solid Aussie accent. We are going to end by throwing forward to our future selves because we are running a Kickstarter and at the time this goes live, the Kickstarter will also be live and getting close to the end. So let's hear from future Peter and SJ. They should start now. Come on, guys. Hurry up. Hey, guys. Future Peter here. Due to the fact that we had a three-month hiatus, the Kickstarter is now long over, but it did really well. We made $2,600 and we, which was over our goal of 2000, we got 100 people and we sold more than 100 tickets, which is uh, crazy math. And we're really excited to do the show. So thank you to everyone who supported us. I also wanted to let you know that this episode was edited by Lance Turnbull and that we're now on all the social media. So if you check the show notes, you'll see links to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, our Twitter page. And now we have a Reddit page. If you go to reddit.com slash r slash being honest with my ex, you can jump in and discuss the show with any other Redditors who are there, which at the moment is just me. But, you know, you can discuss it with me. It's cool. But thank you all for your support and for being rad folk. And we'll be back in your ears next week.